0: welcome to the climb this is a show dedicated to helping singers songwriters and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business the new music business requires leverage the old music business where they find a diamond in the rough and they spend a bunch of money and a bunch of time developing you so you don't have to do it for yourself is gone you are going to have to have a track record. You're gonna to have to show them that you've already been doing it to attract that publishing company, those other songwriters, the management, the label if you wanna deal, the booking agency. All these people need to know that you're serious and that you're doing it for yourself first. That's why we called it The Climb, C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. We're here to tell you how to do that. Baxter, if you will, was created by my good friend and co host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent's an award winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. Got a recent number two. We'll talk about that. And <laughs> ain't just Hazel. And uh, he also helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you can write like a pro, do business like a pro. And then on a regular, he actually gives you opportunities to connect with the pros. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com.
1: And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally, and they're identifying new fans through data. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and the music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists such as Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. How you doing, brother? Man, I'm just honky door, just making it. At the time of recording this, which is uh, just a couple days before release, it's, we just made it through Christmas. Yep. Still got some family in town. Kids still okay. have about another week off school. Okay. Still so need prayers. Complete and utter chaos. It's, it's, it's a thing. Like the when morning at the beginning of the
0: Home Alone movie.
1: You know, it's funny because <laughs> we watch that every year, but this year it hit me. I was like, oh, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> so, we Which had, is what makes it so darn funny. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh no, they're really good." That really captured it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We had other family in, and so we're, we're, you know, Matt Klein and his his wife and kid are there, and he's. Oh, how's Matt doing? He's doing well, and Sutler's three, and okay. so he's just all kinds of three, and uh-huh. then we had you know it's more cousins in, like through another set of you know baby and some other cousins in, so it was just just a boatload of kids. Now I know crazy. Sutler's,
0: their baby boy, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, they're boys. He's okay, now. so I
0: know Matt is and his wife are God-fearing people, but good folks. At the age of three, this is a two horns come right out of the top of the kid's head.
1: <laughs> well, I can neither confirm nor deny. Like four. <laughs> I can either confirm nor deny that about my nephew. You'd have to ask Matt about that because you know I'm a good uncle, so I don't. I don't You're not
0: looking that. for that six, six, six in I the back uh, of his head. you know.
1: I got my own. I got my own demons to slay. So. <laughs> I'll leave that somewhere else. Uh, but yeah, so we're making it through. What do we learn today? All right, today we're going to talk about songwriting do's and don'ts from a hit music publisher. We just had a recent play for a publisher event, and Stacey Wilbur, who's the VP of. Uh, publishing at A&R at Full Circle Music, was our one of our guests. And so I'm just going to share a little bit of what she had to tell us and some of the wisdom and, and knowledge bombs that she dropped on us and stuff that can help you in your pursuit of a songwriting career. So that's what we're talking talk about. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So before we do
0: that, let's take care of a little business here. Well, you know, it's a digital world, but it's still super important for physical media to be in your battle plan for today's independent musician. Digital royalty payments are so small currently that selling products like CD vinyl t-shirts at gigs has become not just an important income generator, but really straight up a necessity to get to the next town.
1: Mm-hmm. That's right. Knock, knock who's there? Math. Math says for every CD you sell at a gig, you need about 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money. 3,000 to streams equal like one CD sale. That's a whole lot of streams. We love streams. Hey, give us some more. But in the meantime, you need to be selling some merch too. That's my belief that you are literally leaving money on the table when you are, do not have merch on the table. So put some merch on the table and the fine folks at Disc Makers are the place to go to help you out with that merch. Physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even t-shirts. And you know what? You can find them at www.discmakers, D-I-S-C-Makers.com or give them a call at 800-468-9353. That's 800-468-9353. There you
0: go. If you haven't joined the climb community, please do so. Find it on Facebook. We welcome everybody. Got to ask to be let in. But this is not your normal Facebook community that's tumbleweeds and some dust and like the beginning of Bon Jovi's Wanted Dead or Alive, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that. There's not people screaming in the corners. It's a real pretty active community of people going back and forth, asking questions. Hey, I got this situation going up. What should I do? Lots of people coming in with answers. Brent and I are regularly getting in there and answering as well. And lots of support, lots of information. People are finding co-writers. People are, you know, discovering different ways that they can DIY themselves up to another rung on the ladder. And we're just super proud of it. So we'd love to have you come join us. That's right. Just check
1: out the climb community on your Facebook, on your book of faces, on the book of faces. Yeah, that's right. And we're
0: still trying to get to. Uh, you still got time to put <laughs> that rating and review in there if you haven't done so yet. Please do so. That makes us legit to everybody else. Subscribe mm-hmm. to the podcast to make sure that you get every single episode coming in, and and you can consume them as you like. And then finally, the best thing you can do is tell a friend about it. Let them know. Say hey, this is good stuff. People listen to it. We got it. We got. I'm very proud of our listenership. I'm thinking here back on 2019 and the the things I discovered this year about some of our listeners. And we got lots of great emails from people Mm -hmm. telling us, you know, hey, thank you so much. Like this really helps me. I love this information. Please don't stop. Keep doing it. That makes me feel good. Oh me too, man. I love getting
1: those.
0: And then I met a couple pros, a couple super songwriter pros. We talked about them on the. Podcast that we're like,
1: dude, what? You're the climb?
0: Oh my God, I love that. Yeah, yeah, like that's exciting too. So we got pros, we got amateurs, we got mid level people about to pop. Like everybody's in here learning, and and hopefully we're creating some upward mobility. And I'm proud of that.
1: And upward mobility, that is what we're seeking on the climb, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is right. So brother, what
0: are yes. what are these value bombs the that you do's drop? and
1: don'ts, songwriting do's and don'ts for a hit music publisher. So again, at our recent play for publisher event, we had Stacy Wilbur, who's the VP of publishing and a for Full Circle Music. So a little bit about Full Circle. They have uh, Seth Mosley, him and his company. He's a hit songwriter, hit music producer in country and CCM. So they have a ton of hits in the CCM market, just like you name it. They're on it probably as, you know, one of the writers or as producers or publishing, all that kind of stuff. So, a bunch of different artists there. They're also building a list of country hits through artists such as High Valley. That Seth produces and writes with, and that kind of stuff. So, Stacy has been in the publishing business for years and years. And so, she is well respected. She spent time at, uh, I believe, Brentwood Benson, where she was when I first met her. And now she's over at full circle. So, she's been doing the deal for a while. She's legit. She's a pro. And so, we had her in for a guest. And, and what we do with the play for publishers, people send in songs. I listen through, find the top 10 that I think have a chance of catching her ear in a good way. And then we play them for it in an online video meeting. And she gets to give feedback and have a look conversations with the writers it's a it's a chance to play for a publisher right it's a door opener it's a chance to meet somebody make a connection so I just want to share something
0: before we go into what you're going to share we got a lot of new listeners in the last couple months and I want to I want to impress this upon the listeners this is a killer opportunity that y'all like need to take care of when it comes up because Mm -hmm. there are people who I mean what's the cost to submit a song uh 15 bucks a song Fifteen bucks or so. so you pay fifteen dollars. You submit your song. Brent picks the top ten that he curates them. So it's maybe yeah. it's not the top ten best songs, but it's the top ten best songs for that specific publisher. Knowing planet they're orbiting around what they're looking for, because different publishing companies want different things.
1: So exactly, when we had a Joe Dan Cornette, you know, we had more like southern gospel and and bluegrass and country and CCM, and and with Stacy it was most of this stuff ended up being just you know straight up country. There's a pop thing in there as well. So okay. we try to, you know, try to aim for, and let people know up front, like, hey, here are the strengths of this publisher, you know, so they know, kind of have an
0: idea. Yeah, so it. they got an idea. But here's the thing. So the, the top 10 people who get in there get this live video interaction with the publisher and they get to hear feedback, not only on their song, but of the other nine songs. Mm-hmm. However, everybody that enters is a winner because then after the, it takes place. You post the,
1: the replay, the video the replay, replay the so yeah.
0: that they, they, you can see what songs won, hear the mm. songs that won and mm-hmm. hear the comments. And so I think one of the biggest things with when it comes to artists with any kind of arts is it's, we're fearful to be vulnerable, right? We're like what's going to happen if I go, it's a little scary. Maybe we've never done it before. Here you get to be a fly on the wall and there's people on the regular who buy a slot And maybe don't submit a song. They just want to watch the feedback and get a gauge on the pulse on what's happening.
1: I mean, what, like, that's. It's smart. I mean, they, you know, if they they feel like, okay, I'm not ready to submit something yet, but I want to, I want to learn and I want to see what these publishers are like and get a feel for who these people are that work in this crazy business. And who are those oh, songs? Go.
0: What are those songs sound like that you pick? Like, what's the bar look like this? Week? Yeah. What's you the know? bar
1: look like? And what does the publisher think about these? Like, oh, that. I think these are amazing. Oh man, this publisher picked out this, this, and that. And didn't even think about that. And the the veil gets lifted a little bit, you know? On
0: Right. And so that's real, that's real life publisher meeting stuff. And that is like very, very inexpensive. Expensive knowledge, folks. So yeah,
1: a whole lot less. Want that? Okay, now onto what she said. Anyway, Sorry. Yeah. So next one of those won't be on sale for like a couple months, but I'm going to share some some of the dos and don'ts. So this is me paraphrasing and kind of pulling together some of what Stacy had to say. Like you know, she may say similar things on a couple different songs. So I'm just kind of boiling some of those nuggets down for you guys because I want to share. It's just too good to keep to myself. For all the right. value though, you want to check out the replay. So if you did enter, you do want to check out the replay for all the nuggets, but this is some stuff. So first one is a do. Do write a cool first line. There was a song that was turned in by McKaylin Hay. So she's a Canadian young singer-songwriter. She's awesome. It's pop song, total pop. It's called Uber. And the first line is Uber driver driving crazy, pull up to the curb and he's calling me baby. Whoa, what a night. You know, and, <laughs> and that just hit. You know, Stacey. It was just a fun, quirky song, but she's like, "That's a cool first line." It drew me in immediately. Me go, "Oh, that's different. That's cool. What's going on here?" Yeah. And so you want your first line to be different, and you want the first line to draw your listener in. Listen, woke up this morning. It's not going to cut it. That immediately says, "Oh gosh," you know, or just the other night. Um, now Garth did that on Unanswered Prayers, but that's about about. He did that really well. It's hard to get away with those those opening lines that are pretty stocked that way. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I was first starting to write lyrics that, yeah, I always think about how do I start a line? I guess woke up today or um, just last night or, you know, they all seem to start those kind of ways, you know, similar ways that I see a lot of songs start, man. That's not cool enough. You got to get Uber driver driving crazy. You're like, what dropping me right in the middle of the action you know, right then. And so that was one thing that she mentioned on a couple songs, I believe, was just the importance of a cool first line. Because they hear so many first lines as a publisher. You want to stand out and start drawing them in immediately. There's no time for, uh, you got to get right to the point. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm that's, with you. Yeah. So try to upgrade your first lines, make them interesting, compelling, draw the listener in. Pretty simple, but hey, this is stuff that matters right so your first line can either be something that you the rest of your song has to live up to or there's something that the rest of your song has to overcome i'd rather write a first line the rest of my song has to live up to because then at least the person's going to be listening if it's a bad first line they may not get much past it so first don't is a don't make your chorus melody too much like your verse melody so you want to lift your course melodically mm-hmm from where your verses are. Stacy kind of dinged a couple songs for this. There needs to be a clear change from your verse to your chorus melodically and also lyrically, but especially melodically. Like on one song, she mentioned that, hey, you know, if I hadn't been looking at the lyrics, I wouldn't have been sure if we were still in the verse or in the chorus. Like it needs to be clear. Your course needs to announce itself melodically, where I don't need to look at your lyric and I don't need to look at your structure where everything's labeled verse, chorus, whatever, to know, oh, we've hit the course it should announce itself if I'm not looking at the lyrics. Because you know what? Your listeners aren't. Most people, even a lot of people in the business don't look at lyrics first time they listen to a song. They're just listening to the song to see if they want to pull out the lyrics and find out what really what it's saying. You know, because if it doesn't grab them musically and stuff, there's no point really what the lyric says. And, and that's one thing I've noticed a lot too. People's verse melody and their chorus melody kind of are sitting in the same kind of pocket. And yeah. you want that to raise up some sort of change so to announce like, oh, we're in chorus land.
2: They're like you're halfway through, and
1: you're like, yeah. I think we're in the course now. They indicate like a course, but <laughs> when did that start? It's a thing. It's real, you know. So
0: it's like if you're not sure you had sex, <laughs> then <laughs> something's wrong. <laughs> something's wrong.
1: Sorry, Jenny. <laughs> um, so <laughs> yes, your course should announce itself. So whether it's, you know, it's production type stuff and melody or just melody, whatever you need something to bam. Oh, of course, this is it. All right. Ready for another do. I'm just going to alternate. Do's do and me. Here. Do do. All right. Do write interesting titles. So on one of the songs in particular States, was was like, Oh man, that title got me excited. it's not one I've heard before. And we tend to get the same titles over and over and over again. Catch uh-huh. that. They tend to get the same titles over and over and over. Hmm but she was like oh i like that title i've not heard that one before is there a list of like the top most
0: used top 50 most used song titles or something like
1: that like- um i don't know but even if it did it would probably be based on songs that actually charted and what they're hearing is mostly songs that don't chart songs that don't make it out into the into the wild That's you know cool. they're listening to songs that their writers are turning in they're listening to songs that events like the play for publisher they're listening to you know at writer's nights and all kinds of stuff, right? Sure. People that are pitching to their artists and that kind of thing. So they hear a lot more songs than we do, and apparently, they hear a lot of the same titles over and over again. Hmm. So you know, I think that's one thing that helped Monday Morning Church get cut was the fact that it was a very unique title. Yeah, I've only run into one other song that had that title, and that came out a couple years after Monday Morning Church. So I had it first.
0: Did you sue that some some bit? <laughs>
1: No, <laughs> you can't. Okay, first of all, you can't copyright a title.
0: Oh, that's
1: not fair. Uh, it is It is life, though. <laughs> I'm glad because otherwise, apparently, you hear the same title over and over again. And everybody would be suing everybody. And we'd all be in court. So, it's a good thing you can't sue over title. So, Monday Morning Church, it was a unique title. It stood out. There weren't a bunch of competing Monday Morning Churches to compare it to. Oh, you talk about, you know, comparison is a thief of joy. It's also kind of a thief of cuts because he's like, oh, here's another song called i love you or whatever yeah okay well immediately i'm thinking of all these other ones and I'm like it's okay you know and you're holding yourself up to comparison so this particular song had a cool title and it is a cool title and she agreed she's like "This. i don't think i've heard that title before and i love that when i hear titles i haven't heard before what was the title it was called things to wreck oh yeah, and it was good. good song. Eric Mallon, I believe, is the writer on that one. So, Eric, if you're listening, good on you. And, uh, yeah, it was cool title. She's like, oh, I don't think I've heard that one before. And then you uh-huh. left the fire out of it, too, which was nice, too. But, uh, yeah, so you want to write interesting titles. On another song or two, she was like, you know, I've heard this title before. Can you maybe tweak it a little bit? You know, to, again, aiming at trying to get to more interesting, unique titles. It's really All important. Right. So, I mean, it seems like on – most of my songs I've had cut, I don't know of another song with the same title. Now, yeah. correlation may not be causation, you know, but I, right. like I said, for years, never heard of another Monday Morning Church. When Your Lifts Are So Close, I don't think there's another one of those. You know, Last Night last for Lady A. I,
0: I We need to do this, like probably with the podcast, because I kind of stopped writing the blog mm-hmm. when we're doing the podcast. I don't have the time to do both, but the industry standard for your blog title is write 25 of them. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And you'll clear out all the cliche crap with the first 15. Mm -hmm. And if you complete the 25 and you continue to write it and switch the words around and play just a little bit, it forces you to get more creative and you get Mm a much more compelling line because the subject line or the title of the blog, excuse me, is everything that's, what's going to get them to read it or not read it. And Mm -hmm. Isn't that what we're talking about
1: here? Yeah, exactly. I call it winning before you're spinning. You know, when they see your title, sometimes in the industry, they'll see your title before they hear the song because it comes across in a link or whatever, an email. And so they see the title first and it can get you winning before you're spinning. Like if there's a great title, like the things direct, I'm already interested. Like, Ooh, what's this going to be about? I don't feel like I already, like I've heard a thousand of those. I'm like, Ooh, well, what are they going to do with this? Yeah. Yeah. Already want it to be good. I'm already starting to get invested. And so you're winning before the song is even spinning. So that's an important thing.
2: Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycon's,
1: All right, next don't is don't be afraid to rewrite. And so, you know, Stacey was talking about rewrite, man. So many great songs come from rewrites because, you know, we're digging into these songs, all of which were strong songs and, and all had really good stuff to them. Otherwise, I wouldn't have made the top 10. And Stacey agreed. But then, you know, there'd be little tweaks here and there and some stuff and she wanted people to look at. She's like, don't be afraid to rewrite. So many songs, great songs come from the rewrites. And she knows she sends her writers back to rewrite stuff. You know, and these are pros that are getting paid. There's no shame in it. You know, yeah, yeah. That's the pros do. I've gotten probably cut. I mean, what's off the stuff worst that, that happens in a
0: rewrite? You figure out you like the first one better. Yeah, exactly. Or the first one is better. I think sometimes we get, especially in the beginning, right? We get emotionally sort of attached to it. Oh, dude, for sure. And it's like just, just keep writing, and then you can put whatever seems to fit in there. But mm-hmm. there's no harm, right? In just writing more than what you need to put mm-hmm. together and picking out the best of the best.
1: Yeah, you know? don't be afraid to go back in and dig deeper. Don't be scared and don't be stubborn and don't be yeah like you're talking about care. Don't be so precious about your songs, honestly. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, that's that's just how it came out. I, I, you know, it's almost sacred. I can't touch it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's
1: my theory on that.
0: What is now an amateur songwriter. Yeah, You know, like when you sell freaking 5 million records and you say something like that, it's going to hold a little bit more weight. Mm-hmm. But until then, it's just, it's, it's kind of like the shower shoes thing. We've talked about that in, in uh, yeah. Bull Durham, you know, like yeah. if you got mold on your shower shoes before you get to the show, being major just league just baseball, a, then yeah. you're just a slob, you you're know, just but a slob. get into the show, it's colorful.
1: <laughs> exactly. The person that's sold 5 million records, they say, well, that's just how it came out. Probably they've written a couple thousand songs by then and they're, they got it down.
0: Well, that, and that's the other part of it. Yeah. That's the
1: other part of it. My first draft is way better now than my final drafts used to be of songs. Yeah. 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 Just because I've done so many reps, put in so many yeah. hours that it doesn't even get into the draft form unless it's a certain level. And yeah. that level is higher than I used to finish songs and call them done and can't wait to play them for people <laughs> before. You just get yeah. better as you go. So you got to keep raising the bar.
0: Can I add something else to it? Yeah. So you know, we do the song demo stuff on the side, right? Mm-hmm. For all kinds of different people. And for a long time, we had this one client that was a good guy, and he kept coming back because he wanted to like re-record the same song, a demo of the same song. Mm-hmm. Okay. And just right up front, I took his money once, and we did it. And every time he kept coming back and trying to convince me he should re-record it, I kept telling him no. And it wasn't like a vocal, he would make lyric changes, but the lyric changes were, and you tell me you're the English guy. It was and or, but like these conjunctive Mm. words, there's no substance change happening. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this doesn't make a difference.
1: Yeah, you're just making little incremental changes.
0: Yeah, because like from a producer side, when you're cutting it, like here's the lyric. And Mm. sometimes there's like one little word like that, that's maybe not an important word. And the way it rolls off the tongue of the singer, whether it's the artist or whether it's the demo singer, is just so freaking cool. You leave mm-hmm. it in there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's not a significant, that word doesn't change the lyric. It doesn't change the intent or whatever. So, you know, I think some people too get hung up on the, I, I don't know why that like, guy was hung up on that, but I just know. Yeah. You need, to, you need
1: to figure out when it's done. And <laughs> then turns it finds
0: out that I recorded this song twice and listened to both of them. I'm like, that's not the right thing to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like You go figure
1: out when it's really, really done. And then we'll talk. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. And that can be a hard thing sometimes to, you know, you make incremental changes. Like, you know, let's just say if I can say what I'm saying in this line, it's a little bit different, a little bit better. And that's kind of tends to be where we start and where a lot of people stop. But what's, More challenging, and it is for me too, is going, maybe we should take a total different angle on this. Maybe even what I'm saying here needs to be something completely different. You know, hearing the dog that doesn't bark kind of thing. Hearing, you know, like the dog didn't bark. Let me think about that instead of just trying to fix what is apparent there. And so that's just really taking a step back and going, okay, is what I'm building here the right thing? Is it a major rebuild or is it only tweaking or sometimes, I mean, little words can make a big difference. And sometimes you just got to look behind the words to what the point is of what you're doing. But anyway, the big thing is don't be afraid to rewrite. Yeah. The pros do it and the pros suggest it. So don't be afraid of it. Okay. I know your songs are your babies, but Hey, I still take my baby to the doctor when it's sick. Yeah. So, Hey, you can love your baby. Your babies are a work in progress. Exactly. You don't
0: just have babies and go, there you go world. You take
1: off, and yeah. I'm going to teach it to walk and stop crapping its diaper. That's how it came out. It's my baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you know what? It I was taught, the
0: first thing that happened. It was the way it came out. <laughs> that's just how it happens.
1: How it's meant to be. I don't care. she's 45 with crap in his pants. That's my life right now. Anyway, so so yes, they can be your babies. That doesn't mean you don't potty train them. Okay. There it is. That's the quote. Exactly. Tweet that. <laughs> All right. Chelsea, Kicking that's in. The quote. Yeah. Oh, that's been right there the whole time. How did we miss it? All right. Next up. Uh, put that in the about section. Um, all right, do do polish your chorus. All right, catchy singable choruses are so valuable. So Stacy remarked on several songs how it was so great that like they have a catchy chorus melody that got burned in her brain after like just one listen. <clears throat> You're like, oh, okay, first of all, that's a great. I think everyone has this burned in our brain right now <laughs> after listening to the song one time. And there were a couple songs that were like that, like really just hooky choruses. And man, it's so important to have that. On other songs, you know, she wanted some editing done in the courses because there was, you know, she would say there's a lot going on in that course and that made them less memorable, it made them less singable. So she encouraged, you know, some of the writers to boil their course down to make it stronger, more concentrated because sometimes your course may just have a whole lot going on. You know, like I've realized that with some of my writing when I would shed and I bring in lyrical content to a co-writer, like okay, I got this idea and this may be course but it's happened enough now that I look at it. A lot of times when I'm just kind of woodshedding and I think I'm kind of building a course, I overbuild the course. I'm like, you know what? That's kind of wordy for a course. Maybe that's just a killer verse. And now we just need to have a singable hooky course that you know just kind of summarizes what we said and what I thought was a course but really is a verse. So sometimes I can override a course, but I'm learning because I keep doing it that going okay okay this is probably not it or maybe this is like verse and chorus let's get that chorus as simple and singable as we can where it's just hooky and memorable and singable and hit and then let's put most of the content in the verses so mm. you know just being aware of that cuz like I've realized okay I have that tendency to sometimes overpack a chorus and mm-hmm. unpack that sucker maybe that goes in the verse and so the big thing is catchy singable chorus so valuable if you're trying to write commercially relevant stuff. There you go. So don't overwrite your course. Another thing she said is a don't. Don't do a full demo on every single song. So not every song needs a full demo. So some are of the more kind of ballad, you know, slow lyrical songs are perfect for a guitar vocal. I mean, Stacey mentions that she still pitches guitar vocals. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, sometimes, you know, we'll pitch a guitar vocal if it's the right song and that's what it needs. We'll pitch that. If they love it, then maybe we'll go full demo it. As well, if, if the artist already is like, yeah, hey, I love that. Then just to try and get them over the hump, you know, they do a full demo. A lot of times, you know, there are some songs that some of the top 10 writers played that were guitar vocal, really stripped down. And she's like, yeah, I think that's all you need. Yep, Because the lyric, the idea, the the vibe of it comes across great with the guitar vocal. I get mm-hmm. the lyric, I get the melody, and that's what the spotlight is on. And it's great. Other songs were pretty stripped down, but they had some other elements that were kind of distracting. There's a song, there's a strong song. That's why it made it, but it was mainly stripped down, but there, there's some, some elements, production flourishes that were kind of uh, distracting. There are a couple songs like that. And so, you know,
0: basically. So they overproduced the
1: song demo. Maybe not even overproduced, but there were some production things that were distracting. Okay. Doesn't even have to be overproduced. Some are, you know, can be pretty stripped down, but then you'll have a little flourish here and there you know so okay. it's well necessary. what i mean by like overproduce is much.
0: like is this like it's, it's something in there that's unnecessary
1: well you, you know okay. if it's
0: like an artistic subjective thing
1: mm-hmm.
0: right like there needs to be the groove the vibe needs to be set clearly there needs to be a lift in the chorus so you put some so yeah. put a harmony in the chorus if mm-hmm. it's a kind of chorus that requires a three-part harmony put that in there and then in the second verse you're going to add a country you're going to add some harmonies in the in the second right. verse yeah keep it elevated a little bit and, and adding energy. But if you're putting like shotgun reverbs on a snare drum in one particular part, that's, mm.
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's so an that's,
0: album thing. That's not, that's not necessary to sell the vibe, the melody
1: and the lyric of the song. Yeah. There's a production thing. Yeah. So like there's one song I'm thinking of, which good song. That's why I made it in there. But then there was a couple yeah, a couple little things that would pop out production wise uh, uh, out of this otherwise very sparse kind of production, which was cool. You're like, what was that? Where'd that come from? Why was that? And you know, it takes you out of the song. And so, basically, it's better to have less but great than it is to have more but not great. (laughs) You know, there you go. Yeah, so it's better to have less if it's all tasty and all good than it is to have more when some of it's distracting and not up to snuff. So, yeah, some of the productions, you know, maybe the BGVs were up way too high on the chorus and that was distracting. Or production elements that didn't seem to fit the vibe of the song otherwise or the genre of the song otherwise, that kind of stuff. Yep. And so you just want to be careful about, about your productions. Not everyone needs it. Either way, it's better better to have less and what everything you do have is spot on than to have more. And then you start having stuff that you shouldn't.
0: Yeah, have. I think you air. And how about this? What about having stuff in that you should today but shouldn't tomorrow? You know, we've yeah. talked about that before, too. Like, if you're creating a song demo or you're going to pitch a song demo from a song that was an artist track that you had, uh-huh. then you just have to be cognizant of the artist track is about selling the track and mm-hmm. the song demo is about selling the vibe, the melody, and the lyric of the song. And you'd like to only have to do that at once and not redo it. Like, when we were doing yeah. Colin's record, we'd have, like, we'd hear a song and, and the vocal would come in and have this big, huge reverb on it. We'd know that song was 1990s Yeah, because of the production style, which mm-hmm. made all the sense in the world back then. But now yeah. it's, it makes the song feel irrelevant even though mm-hmm. it's not like, and so listen, you're dealing with emotions and if you're dealing with it correctly, right. And you're writing songs and you're evoking emotions, this don't give me the crap about a producer should be able to hear through the production. But right. You know what? If you're, you're evoking emotions, I'm going to mm-hmm. have those emotions. Like this feels like 1998.
1: Mm-hmm. And you're just and making so, it hard. They should be able to hear through that. Well, yeah, maybe they can, sure. but the next song they're going to play afterwards, they don't have to. And if it's close, yep. that other song is going to win because it's less work.
0: And there's an emotion to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we did the first, the the Jacob Cade thing we did Mm -hmm. before he kind of went to the punk style. He was very much like an eighties rock thing. Well, it's the way the song was written, man. He was evoking those kind of emotions. It was yeah. hard to, to get him anywhere with that because that was, that's not what's happening right now. Yeah. You know, but he had to go through, it was necessary He had to go through that to get to,
1: mm-hmm. to
0: where he ended up, up as an artist the, the yeah. only way out was through. But my point is like, you can do both. You can create the masterpiece that you want as uh, for the artist track, but then just do another mix, a stripped down mix. And it would know, you know, maybe take out some of the production stuff. Certainly the, Ooh's and the ah's and the pads, mm-hmm. unless it's a hook. Mm-hmm. Like if it's a pad, take it out. If it's a hook, leave it in. You know, yeah. the hoo, 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 okay, that's a hook. You know, but the yeah. Ooh, ah, like that's no. They take that out, right? That is yeah. not that, that can be cool on your artist track, but maybe that's not what the other artists who might cut that might hear. You know, there's like a director's cut on a movie and what hits the <laughs> yeah, what's hit the movie theater, like make a discernible difference between the two and use a reverb that isn't going to be outdated. Don't you know, finger snaps, right? I mean, what, what, the last time we talked about this, the guy was like, if you got finger snaps on that demo, <laughs> All
1: right, I'm, I'm, already, out. I'm
0: already out of it. Right, I'm right? over make, it. Yeah. Right. And so they're now, again, they're not listening to the song, they're listening to the production. You're evoking an emotion of I'm chasing my tail mm-hmm. and doing something that was so last week. Yeah. And they don't have time for that.
1: Yeah. You know, and that's tough, so but it's. it's make it day as day
0: simple day. as as you can and leave as much of a blank canvas as possible
1: yeah it's it's boy that's tough business all right last one do simplify all right i guess it goes for demos too sometimes but uh, mainly on a few of the songs stacy mentioned how the lyric just had a lot going on so this could mean a lot of story or just like just a bunch of images and pictures or just a lot of words so first of all you know, get to your course quickly. So a lot going on, maybe it took too long to get to the course. Like, boy, I'd, I'd like to get to that course faster. Uh, and so she mentioned that a few times, but also if you have more going on in your verses, she also suggested like simplify your course. You got more meat in your verses. Let's get to some spirit on our course, you know, simplify the course. So give them for one thing, give the listener some relief from your lyrical onslaught, you know, give them like a breather ah, and that release of that course. Like, okay, you got really wordy verses, let's breathe in the chorus here. You know, longer mm-hmm. notes, shorter phrases, lyrical phrases, they can hold out for longer notes, that kind of stuff. But, you know, and sometimes your chorus just has too much going on and that makes it less memorable, less singable, less catchy that we talked about. I mean, there are some examples to go back to the 90s, like the, hey, pretty baby, want you give me a sign? I'd give anything to make it mine, all mine. You know, with that John Michael Montgomery stuff, then he was like, be my baby at a night and sold. And, and that was the whole thing of it. But yeah. if you look at those like the verses weren't super rapid fire. <laughs> you know, the verses were a little more breathe, a little air in there. And then the course the, the fun that? of the course. I went down to the Grundy County auction where I saw yeah. something I just had to have. Right. My mind told me I should proceed with caution, but my heart said, Go ahead and make a bid on that. And I said, uh, hey, hey, you know, and then and down down it goes I
0: do anything to make it mine on mine. I do your
1: Yeah. So yeah. you know. So there are juxtaposed against it. There's a, there's a rhythmic uh,
0: difference between the two.
1: Exactly. So if you got a lot of meat in your verses, you want to go for the spirit in the course. And so that's, that's the thing. And just in general, most of the time our lyrics can be simplified. I I know, Hey, the rapid fire lyric kind of thing comes and goes on as far as what it's, whether that's in or out, that kind of stuff. And some people have their styles that are just a little bit more wordy, but thing is you want to have it all, all muscle, no fat on it. And you know, especially those courses, man, the more singable, um, you know, we mentioned this, uh, several episodes ago, but when I went to the NSAI songwriter awards where they played the 10 songs I wish I'd written for the year, mm-hmm. you know, man, so many of them, the course was just so singable, so singable, which, and so many more simple, if it's meant to be, it'll be, Baby, just let it be, you mm-hmm. know, so simple, but so singable. It makes you want to sing with it. Line them up, line them up, line them up, knock them back, knock them back. You know, all just so much. Some of it comes the hard way. Some of it comes with aid, some of it, all that stuff. It's just like, they're all so singable. Make your course real singable. If it's not singable, go back and woodshed it some more. Because if it doesn't sing, it won't get sung. A lot of being singable is being simplified. Getting rid of those little extra syllables and extra stuff that you don't really need to cram in there. Yeah, be elegant. So, so just kind of uh, go back real quick. So we have, do write a cool first line. Don't make your course melody too much like your verse melody. Do write interesting titles. Don't be afraid to rewrite. Do polish your course, Don't do a full demo for every song. And do simplify. There we go. Simple. News you can use. Hey, but you know what? Uh, these are just some of the great bits of insight from Stacey Wilbur. Again, she's the VP of publishing and A&R at Full Circle Music. So, What do you think of Stacey's advice? Like, is there something that you would like to ask her? So I actually have a chance for that. In February 18th of 2020, coming right around the corner, Stacey's going to be my guest on Know the Pro. This is your chance to get face-to-face with a real music industry professional. It's an online video conference, so you can join us from anywhere in the world. If you can listen to this, you can join her on that video call. Can't get to Nashville to meet with a pro? Hey, we just solved that for you. Can't get a publisher to call you back? We just solved that for you too. So Know the Pro is where you can get to ask your questions to a music biz professional and you can get answers. And the best part, you know what, Johnny, the best part of this is? The best part is Know the Pro is free for subscribers of Songwriting Pro. Used to be called Freddy, now it's called Songwriting Pro. So not only do members get free access to all of our live Know the Pro events, which we have several times a year, you also get free unlimited access to the replays of previous events with like hit songwriters, hit music publishers, producers and more right so how do you join songwriting pro and so you can join this event with stacy wilbur and ask follow-up questions we're not gonna be playing songs it's A. Q&A. this is like just asking your questions and getting to know her and getting some insight on the business mm. you can just hop on over to songwritingpro.com and check out the inside look page it's up at the top it's click on inside look and they'll give you a special sneak preview of our member area. So that's only for subscribers, but we, you know, pull the curtain back a little bit so you can kind of check out what's going on there. Ton of cool stuff that'll help you write like a pro, do business like a pro and connect to the pros. So that's just songwritingpro.com and you can go over there and you'll get free gifts and inside sneak previews and all kinds of good goodies over there. Another way to uh, connect with the pros. Exactly. Help, uh, that's right. I want to help you write like a pro, do business, and connect to the pros. And this is connecting to a pro, and at the same time, going to make you wiser about the business and the craft, kind of all three at once all right
0: guys well that brings us to the end of another killer climb episode please join the climb community if you haven't done so already subscribe to the podcast wherever you like to consume podcasts leave a rating and review please we're trying to get to over 200 by the end of the year we're not going to make it but we can get some more in there (laughs) and then finally tell somebody about it If it came from you they know like and trust you and they'll listen. We just want to help as many people as we can. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing.
1: And we'll see you at the top.